welcome back to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. This is the Between the Whistles episode of the February 23rd game against Ottawa. It's after the first period, 2-1 to one for Ottawa. So you take it away. <laughs> I didn't have that many. I, my hopes were uh, basically at rock bottom for this game. Like I, you know, seeing how, seeing, you know, as little improvement as we've seen game to game in the past two weeks, like, you know, I didn't, I didn't, you know, basically they played how I expect them to play. And like, you know, it doesn't look like anything changed again. You know, lines are the same. Um, you know, we're playing that bend, not break defense. Um, you know, that power play, like Ottawa shouldn't be cycling us like that. Like we're just completely collapsing around carry. Um, you know, they got us down to a box at one point that like basically uh, Deno was on top of Carey's crease. Yeah. Just like, you know, there's a, I don't really understand like what, you know, isn't clicking, especially with coaching um, on in terms of strategy or, you know, even just looking at earlier on, you know, in the season, it's a completely different team. Well, the, it's like that's the, the first thing I wanted to touch like, on. Yeah, we have less penalties, but we also have like four or five less uh, goals per game. That's the first thing I wanted to touch on is in terms of coaching decisions, there's two things that stand out. Like you just said, it's the team is unrecognizable in terms of their intensity and their aggressiveness, which that has to be somewhat coming from the top down because I don't think all go- like all 12 guys on the team, forwards anyway, just decided they were going to stop forechecking the way they were and getting those boarding and roughing penalties and all these things that we're kind of seeing all, you know, here and there now. Kotkaniemi took one. Josh Anderson just took one at the end of the period. But like we were, we were doing so much better with that aggressive play style. And also... Three of our four forward lines are completely different than when the season started. So between those two things, the common factor to me is coaching. And, you yeah, know, this thing this is, is like, where like you have to start asking these questions of like... Not firing. Not firing. I'm, I'm saying ask these questions of like, why hasn't things changed? Yeah, that's that's the thing. And I, what's like, going to take to make a change? Yeah, and even though they are saying they're making changes, clearly not on the lineup and not in strategy. But, you know, these people calling for Claude Julien's firing, like... They, they make it sound like it's like the guy can't revert on a decision. It's like, this is his strategy. That's it. If you don't like it, leave. You know what I mean? And right. it's like, you know, I'll give it, this is going to Tony Marinaro's credit this morning, but like, you know, it, it's a, it's, it's a dynamic process. Right. And like, you know, yeah, they had to fix the fact that we were taking that many penalties because there wasn't a fan of the Habs on earth who in January wasn't going, what the hell's going on? No, with we were complaining about it. We were doing it too. So then they correct for that, but they obviously greatly overcorrected for it at the expense of our forecheck and at the expense of our pressure in the offensive zone. And it's lead to a terrible drought offensively. But now what they have to do is, as a coaching unit, shift it a little bit more back to the aggressive side, not to the point where we're taking eight penalties a game again, but more than this. You know but I mean? would you trade off those penalties for the amount of goals we were scoring? I would, but I wouldn't. You know, obviously I, you don't want, but I'm saying if you had to pick, there's a happy media. Exactly, and I think, it's and just, I think you can even trend towards that other side where like we were scoring on the penalty kill almost as much as the power play. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a. I know you're not making not maintainable, that, yeah. but I just mean but that it was that aggressive style, which like I'm just saying instead of swinging back and forth. I agree. I think what they're gonna do, and hopefully gonna do, is that they're gonna try to inch more towards the aggressive sides so that they hopefully end up at center. But right. jumping back and forth isn't working. But you know, I think right now they're taking steps that are too slow. 
Right, and I, I think it starts, that's what I was alluding to, is I think that it starts with just straight up the lines. Who's on the ice? Mm-hmm. That's the first thing you have to deal with. The second thing, again, yeah, is you have to give these guys, like especially the Andersons, uh, Kotkaniemi, Armia, the guys who kind of like have, you know, even Byron and Lekkanen, let them loose. Like you yeah. can't you can't handcuff these guys and expect results, you know? So, you know, but, you know, even beyond the forecheck, like there, there's issues beyond like aggressiveness playing because like, well, it's like the speed is the down. speed is that's down, what I mean. But let Suzuki them go. and Druin, like, you know, those aren't very aggressive players No, and they're just completely absent. Like they, I can't even notice them on the ice. And like, you know, that's obviously not an aggression thing because they're just not aggressive players to start. So there's, there's more to it than that. And I think a lot of it too is, you know, just pure laziness in our defensive zone like we just can't get out and like if you look at games in you know late january you know they'd have they'd have it in the you know if like i'm gonna use vancouver as an example because we just completely obliterated them over and over but you know vancouver would enter our ozone and it would be out in half a second yep and now it's just like ottawa cycling us over and over and we're the ones who get into ottawa's offensive zone and we're there for half a second gallagher gets off a shit shot from the trapezoid well, look at how the look weber's goal i didn't say it before but weber scored from evans and perry look at how weber's goal went in that's just shoot the puck. that's not a that's but, it, but it's saying. also like that's like obviously that's great i'm glad that he's scoring just from shooting exactly but i'm saying that wasn't what we were hope like we're, we're banking on that now you know like all of a sudden Weber taking a shot that goes off the D is like, oh, okay, good. We got one on the board versus like before we were like, oh, that's a bonus. Yeah. This is, this is the, this is the difference between the goals we are scoring now and the goals we were scoring in January. Weber's goal tonight wasn't a systems goal. Okay. Like no, there was no was system to that. It was like Perry, uh, not Perry's goal. The uh, goal we saw last time against uh, Ottawa, not Perry's one. Um, I, I don't, I, either I way, it might've been yeah. against Toronto too, but they're just, these aren't goals that are, uh, you know, a consequence of the systems that were in place on the ice like these well, are goals it. that are just based on the fact that yeah we have some talented guys on the ice well that, that's you know, it, that, right? that's scary to see it's like it's not nice to see yeah and... i mean i i had mentioned it before but i think you know the big thing and we talked about on the podcast too was early in the season romanov was taking risks and he was trying he was skating up with it he was getting back and we were saying oh it's good like he's gonna make mistakes but it's fine because we want him to develop like that I think that's the perfect analogy for the whole team. Like, we don't look like we're willing to take any risks. We look mm. like we're playing a completely conservative game, and that's just not how you win games in the NHL anymore. Conservative Goalies, in certain ways. And, just, and I just find we're being very... We're very risky defensively. Well, but, I counted, but that's what I mean. They're being conservative in terms of, like, they're playing the bubble. They're not being risky by, let's say, pressuring, a, like, a puck carrier. Well, no, I'm saying they are 5-on-5 five five because I counted five 2-on-1s five on, uh, on in that period against us. Right. So that's what I'm saying is, like, you're absolutely correct in the sense that we're taking no risks offensively. And defensively, we seem to be just always a man short. Like, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. I mean, I, like, I also, a big part of that for me was I was trying to watch the centermen. Not so much Deno and Evans, because they do that well. But I noticed Kotkaniemi and Suzuki are just not getting back. The first goal, Kotkaniemi lost Batherson. Mm-hmm. You know, Suzuki's, like, he's never been that quick skater. But, like, he needs to, he's the centerman. He has to get back. Yeah, and I just find a lot of reaching. I'm noticing and... it's that it's. I mean, the reaching when when Kotkaniemi was coming up the boards. Yeah, like well, he I, couldn't get to the puck. He, there was he like just didn't uh, skate. Two or three icing calls there that yeah. are just basically guys just stretching their still upper body having out. trouble uh, breaking out. Yeah, the breakouts just absolute crap. And like it, you know, it, again, it starts with our defense, and you know, you don't have a good base breaking out, and you just 
it's not going to happen. Like, no. it, you know, it's, uh, and now we're shuffling like Kulak with Petrie and Edmondson yeah, with well, Romanov. We're, and, like, we're in full panic mode. And that's why I know like, it's not, again, it's not all on Claude Julien and everything, but you have to ask the question of like, what's going on in terms of the decision-making that like, why is this all of a sudden happening that we yeah. have new lines that ha- like, you know, like haven't worked and you don't get the luxury of like testing these things out. Yeah. Every game's basically worth a game and a half. Yeah. And so you, like, you get ma- maximum three games to try something. That's why, and like, you, you, you know, change it up. But my so, like, opinion we're is just that struggling now, and we're kind of, like, flailing. We're not really, like, trying to get... Yeah. I, I find, like, it, we're, we're, we're drowning, and we're not trying to, like, get anywhere. We're just trying to, like, fight it off yeah. as long as we can. That's why, like, I, I can... I mean, it's clear that they're trying to... They overcompensated, like we said... And now they're trying to go back to baseline where, like, it's a happy middle between, like, yeah, we're not taking, you know, like, 15 penalties a game, but, like, we're also still scoring. I just think the rate that they're moving back to baseline is a little slow. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I evidence for that is, like, Kulak-Petrie, right? And Edmondson-Romanov where it's, like, you know... Um, play you know edmondson very defensively gifted romanov doesn't seem to be very yeah, defensively gifted bad choices, so like yeah. move kulak up but i think the solution to that is is not move around those lines i think it's just play kulak and romanov less yeah like just and give just them less them, and like we've said a million times let everyone gel yeah well it's because well, now look, lekanin's Ro- scratched again for yeah no it's like reason. romanov romanov had a little bout with mete there probably threw them all off kulak yeah. got like over rested now he comes back I and mean, kulak's playing fine you know, but yeah. it's like you know, it, we got to let these systems play out, but at the same time, you have to be adaptable with, um, you know, certain coaching calls, and, you know, we have to return to baseline. I just think that they should move a little bit more into the aggressive zone, uh, aggressive area. Um, They're going to have to. Area, a little quicker it. than they are. But I think, you know, I think that's going to happen in the second period. I think, like, you know, with the Sherratt fight and then, like, the Anderson call at the end there, I think the we're going to good Bradson get... dive? Yeah, God, that guy's such a bitch, like, honestly. Like, how are you... Like, he, how are you that big and you dive yeah, like that? Yeah, honestly. Like, he, and, like, you getting can even see Anderson Stutzla saying, like, come on now. Stu- you see Stutzla, like, looking at Brady Kachuk like they're two 13-year-old boys at recess after a snowball fight. Yeah, well, they're, they're not far other. off, honestly. Stutzla is, like, 18. God, it's just he like he's another one that like I obviously I like respect the talent and everything, but just like, you, like you gotta grow a little before you play. Like Kachuk's a complete player, but he's just got like a child's attitude. I mean, yeah. it's it's you love him when he's on your team and everyone else hates him. It's it's fine, but yeah, Stutzel's like you can't be that dude. Like you can't yeah. be that guy who plays like the offensive minded, and then every time there's a scrum, is the one who's standing back being like. Get him, Brady. Yeah, because uh, I get the I get the vibe from him. Like I'm gonna stand back because I'm the uh, golden gun. Yeah. And I'm well, gonna, they like... even already started on TSN being like, uh, Stutzel and Brady Kachuk traded a, a glance that said, "You do your thing, I'll do mine." Like, what yeah, are you talking like, what are you, about? Like, like Brady Kachuk, Brady Kachuk's gonna have more points. Yeah, than he's, he's just better. He's like, a better I, player. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I, that could come back to bite me when Stutzel's 25. Yeah, but like, I, okay, 25. But maybe but... not. I mean, maybe like, not. like Kachuk's a very good player. Yeah. So like, you know. Stutz is looking at him like that. There's a third Kachuk must just be like a fourth overall Kachuk pick. Kachuk must just different. be like, I'm gonna have you know roughly as many goals at you, but I have, as you, but I have you know much more upside in other realms yeah. of hockey, and I don't dive like a fucking dolphin every time well, someone seriously. touches my number. But anyway, it's look, it's two one. It's not the worst. I I just I don't like that we can't so like. I I am at the point. We see Derek Stepan's goal on carry. Well, yeah, it's, it's like what happened there? It's Derek Stepan. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and I'm not talking about price. No, I know. Talking about like where was our well, no, no, of course. But I'm just saying like, I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't care what they do, but just change it. Like I, it's anything but this. I just go back. Go back to try something completely different. Let Tatar play center. Who cares at this point? Just try something new. I just can't believe that Tatar Deno Gallagher line's not back. I know, I know. But 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 they're they're forcing this to foley shit down our throat. It's a horrible line. Just doesn't work. And and it's bad because like you're making it worse for all three guys. Yeah. Because Gallagher all of a sudden when he had a chance to shoot from in front of the net, he has to play the tried to, Yeah, he has to exactly. He tried to give a backhand saucer pass. Brendan Gallagher barely knows how to play hockey. Yeah. He's he's a workhorse. Yeah. But like he doesn't actually have the fundamentals down. We know this about him. Yeah. That's why we love him. And it, you know it's uh he, but he has to play Tatar's role now. Of course. And it's just that's not what Gallagher is going to succeed at. And you know. Tatar's going to go down to the Kotkaniemi line and play Toffoli's role, and he's yeah. not going to be good at it. No. So it's, you know, it's going to be sucky. And, you know, all that I think it is is it's not necessarily a line change issue because, you know, the lines that we had were working fine, but it's an aggression and a, um, you know, a, uh, what the fuck do you call it? A, um, Effort? Str- a strategy, strategy? Uh, problem. It's a strategy problem. Intensity. Yeah, and aggression. that all feeds into the strategy. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's not a line combination problem because if it is a line combination problem, like, what the hell's Druin doing on line one? Yeah. I haven't even seen him on the ice yet. No. Like, I don't notice him. The only no, person I, I notice on that line is Anderson. Game yeah. game after game, I notice Anderson. Yeah, well, it's hard to miss him, but I mean, it's at like, the same time, it, that, that's what you want from him. But anyway, we're, yeah, we're going to catch the second and we'll uh, catch you guys in the second intermission. Hopefully it's, uh, you know, Habs are leading here. All right, we're back after the second period and then uh, I think the Habs are going to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. but uh, seriously, we're at 3-3 after the second. Uh, we got a goal from Druin uh, unassisted uh, and we got Weber's second of the night from Kulak and Deno. Which I'm, a, I'm surprised it says unassisted because it was a clear pass from Kotkaniemi. Maybe think, it got touched. I think it got touched, yeah, but yeah, it was a... Good goal. But, no, a completely different team in that second. I think we, you know, I don't think it's a fix, but I think the fact that, you know, we had a bit of a rough first period uh, physically, I'm, I'm saying, like with the fight with Sherratt and everything, and the Anderson hit at the very end, I think it riled everyone up. Mm-hmm. But it's not a fix. Like, we need this energy every night. For or 60 something, minutes. Yeah, and, or something similar to it every night. And, you know, we, we can't have, uh, you know, Sherratt have a bloody face every night just to keep everyone going um but you know this is this is what will do it you know what i mean this is what will produce goals this intensity this this four check um i think it's important everyone knows that we do not submit our audio files to the canadians between periods <laughs> yeah, <they laughs> but no took, you know uh, they they basically did everything we talked about yeah just really up the intensity up the four check we were able to like see people finish their hits yeah you know the goals weren't like fluky goals weber's was just a clear shot yeah. but Druins too he went to the front like the middle of the ice got the puck let a shot go quickly like you're like we're we're transitioning faster we're meeting them at the blue line yeah much harder that's that's what i noticed the most was we were really you know stopping them at the blue line not letting them all get in and you know press that four check that ottawa does pretty well yeah like they got a pretty good four check catching us off guard a lot and that's definitely not helping our breakout but you know, standing guys up on the blue line and really finishing our checks is helping a lot. Um, you know, it, it's good to see that there is some sort of adaptation um, in terms of, you know, the coaching calls. Uh, you know, it looks like the coaches took an intermission as well, not just the players. 
Um, and it's good to see because clearly it's, uh, you know, something that's going to have to be ongoing throughout this season because, you know, playing these teams over and over and over, I think we're going to start to see some teams get wise. And, uh, you know, if you're not adapting, then you're just going to, you know, you're going to take it to the head. Well, that's it. And I mean, I, the, the things I will harp on are the things like, you know, we saw Eric Brandstrom score his first goal. It's always us. Yeah, it's like, it just bothers me a lot. I mean, Overall, I just think it was a better period. You know, I didn't love the start to it because we went in with a penalty and then Weber took a four-minute high-sticking minor, which we've been over that before. I think that's a stupid rule anyway because you made a very good point where if I put my hockey stick through your eye, it might not bleed. Yeah, exactly. Versus if you know if you just catch it on the bridge of your nose, yeah. it's waterworks. But yeah. but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah that's a... it is what it is on that one, and we yeah. we got away with Price almost is, got away with it. Price anyway. is having a wicked game. He's playing great. He's making both quality and quantity <laughs> of saves. Yeah. Um, Matt Murray is showing that he sees Matt Murray. Yeah, I think. Uh... You know, they 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 set a stat that Matt Murray has three wins this season, two are against the Habs. Like we just can't have that. No. I mean, this guy, you know, you look at his save percentage, and every game against us is just like an anomaly. Like we can't keep this going. I yeah, mean, and uh, Weber's on pace for a hat trick. Yeah, so that'd be nice to see. I mean, the last time he did it was in Nashville, season, yeah. second of his uh, career. Yeah, yeah, which would be really nice to see, just from like. A... It'd be nice too if it wasn't like I'm sure in Nashville the third was like an empty net. I think it was a power play goal actually. Oh, okay. like, I think it was like a legit nice. hat trick. Okay. Um, so I want to. I, I mean, it's years ago, but yeah, it's just nice to see everyone kind of playing, and the lines looked adjusted, not fixed, but adjusted. You know, like. We got a couple of... I mean, the, when Druin scored, he was with Armian Kotkaniemi, which that line had some good chemistry at the beginning of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to see the defensive pairings go back to normal as well. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, it was just it was just a much better second period overall. I would have liked to see a little more intensity, but you know what? We went we we, we got two goals. It was nice seeing, um, you know the offensive coaching decisions to really adapt. I noticed we were playing the matchups a lot better. It was, yeah. it was good and to we're see hitting. We're it was good checking. to see Deno the Deno Gallagher line up against uh Kachuk. Yeah. You know, I didn't like it when, you know, we, we found Suzuki and, and, and those guys. Yeah, and it gives uh, them the freedom line. to play a little more offensively, Suzuki, yeah. Anderson, Druin, because they're not going up against the top line of every team. Yeah, and like uh, the line, you know, like Deno can play his defensive game a little bit stronger, and if there is an offensive upside to that shift, Gallagher's there, Toffoli's there. There you go. But, you know, we kind of need Deno against that big top line well, that's there it. defensively. I mean, so. we, we use that term lightly, though, because big top line of... Uh, Kachuk, I mean, now it's Stutzel, but Stepan and Dadanov, it's... Yeah, well, they're effective against us. It, I guess, you know? yeah, that's fair. They are effective against us, and they, you know, they really, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, they cycle us <laughs> that yeah. line in, in in that ozone, and, you know, it really is just that line. Like, the other lines are basically, you know, absent in this game, but yeah, every time really Kachuk's on the ice, you just, you really, really see him there. Um, God, I love that guy on our team. Yeah, I know. He's just someone that, like, it's one of those guys that, you know, 30 teams hate him and one loves him. Yeah, but I, it's kind of like Brad Marchand. It's well, it's, like a, it's the Brad Marchands, it's Gallagher, the Brendan Gallagher's, it's the Matthew Kachuk's, Max the Brady Domi's Kachuk's, even. the Max Domi's. These guys, like, you love to have them on your team, but everyone else hates him. Yeah. Like, Darcy you, Tucker. You, yeah, you have to just, you have to respect that in him. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a, there's no, like, you know, it's not the same animosity I have towards, like, a Mitch Marner. 
<laughs> no no it's yeah, it's no, a no. very different thing it's like it's like i don't like you but i respect you versus yeah. like mitch marner it's like i i get it you put up 90 points but like i actually fear that like you think that you're you're like hot <laughs> shit you know yeah you're just you're not hot shit you're you're just shit <laughs> yeah yeah but uh let's hope we carried over into the I'll third i'll find a I... way to bring up mete or marner in every podcast <laughs> i you know let's hope we, we keep it together in the third i i, I don't see us I don't see us losing this game. I just, I really don't want us to bring I, this to overtime. I, if I'm going to make a bold prediction, I think the highest scoring period is going to be the third period for the Canadians. I could see them getting at least three goals. I want to see them come out firing, come out hot, and I wouldn't be surprised if, let's say, they got one or two and then an empty net. Yeah, 6-3. Yeah, 5-3, 6-3, three, get I a can commanding see. lead, get a convincing win, kind of wake everyone up, and just, like, really just get back to where we were. You know, like it's it's obvious like you know you could say like well we're teetering on the edge of like we're in fourth in the north and that's the last playoff position with two or three wins you're back to like first and second it's it's yeah. so tight that these games matter so much yeah and we're still seeing those big game discrepancies still so yeah. you know it's not you know we're in fourth but we're in know, fourth but we're also in second we're also in second <laughs> but we're also in sixth exactly so let's just keep it together and uh you know hopefully this third period we, we pull through because you know, going up against Winnipeg in a few days, it's going to be a whole other beast. Yeah. All right, so we'll catch you guys after the game. All right, we're back after the game. That is just absolutely heartbreaking. I'm just going to start off now by saying that, you know, that last period, it, it, it looked like we had the Habs back. You know, we looked like we were the Habs from January and early February, and uh, it makes the loss that much more difficult. Deep breaths. <laughs> deep breaths let's start with the stat line so we yeah. can just get that so, out of the way yeah we got a goal from a beautiful goal from Tafoli from uh edmondson and deno deno second assist the night um and then we had a little situation in front of the net there where uh you know the ref's lack of consistency for goaltender interference is coming into play again um you know from an objective point of view um Absolutely no goaltender interference there. Zaitsev was whipping Gallagher around in front of the net. Um, you know, Murray had at least 10, 15 seconds to get back into play. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I don't know where to begin with that play. For me, it starts in Toronto, and I don't mean the review. I mean, like, our game in Toronto, where we got a no-goal call for alleged goalie interference. Then the next game against Ottawa, where I was saying with Jake Allen... Derek Stepan makes contact with Jake Allen while the puck is floating behind him and he's reaching back for it and there's no call there. And then this, you've got a you either, goal. You either, call, you, you either call the Allen one and you call this one. Or you don't call either. Yeah, exactly. It's one of the, you need to be consistent as a ref. I don't care if you're consistently shit, be consistent when the, with those shit calls. Yeah. The fact that Gallagher got called for goaltender interference on that is like it's appalling he's on the ice there's people rolling over him matt murray had enough time to make contact with brendan gallagher do a little 360 spin look around for the puck get reset and then get beat by the shot gallagher had enough time to go from behind the net to in front of the net to getting knocked down to getting back up getting set up for a screen and tipping the puck then anyway deno buried it and then exactly then deno buried it but of course this is what I don't understand. If that was goalie interference, why is there no penalty for goalie interference? Yeah, I know. It does not make sense to me. 
I don't think that was a smart call. And, you know, I, I try and save these for the rarest of moments because at the end of the day, you should win the game even if it's not skewed to you. Yeah. But that was, like, completely stolen yeah. because that was a win. That wasn't a game-tying goal. That was a game-winning goal. You it know? was nice to see some, you know, like, I'm trying to find a silver lining with this game. I mean, the one point, I guess, is a silver lining, but, you know... I think that was a, you know, the second and third period, that was our game. It was just, you know, I'm I'm happier than I thought I'd be losing to Ottawa for a fourth time just because it, it seems like, you know, the, that last 40 minutes of play, it looked like the Habs we know. It looked like a fluke of a win for Ottawa. You know, we played so well offensively. Kachuk's fourth goal there, the, like the fourth goal of the game, that goes in on Carey Price, one every million shots. Yeah. And then, you know what, like, I'm more confident going into the next game. Yeah. If this was like a, a demoralizing game, I'd be very, very scared going into Winnipeg. Yeah, like the first period, I was scared exactly. Going but those last two, yes, you're right. It is a much more promising look. But yeah. you know what also was a very big silver lining for me too was how heated Claude Julien was. Yeah, and the lines in overtime were offensive. Yeah. Um, the thing that I will say is, you know, before this week started, we said we need six points. Out of a possible eight, <laughs> we've got two out of We're a possible four. Yeah. If we win both games in Winnipeg, I won't complain. Yeah, you won't hear me either. complain. Yeah. But looking at the shootout now, Corey Perry goes up first and then Jonathan Druin. I'm not, you know, it's all hindsight, it's 2020 and everything, but is Corey Perry like your go to shootout guy when you have Tafoli, when you have Suzuki, when you have, you know, like even again, like, he might not be, let's say, like the most offensive producing five five, but like a guy like Kotkaniemi, like the yeah, or Armit. The the younger guys typically have more up their sleeve in terms think, of the shootout. I think that decision was based off his goal in Toronto there with his fancy hands. I I guess he's had a few of those where like you know he's a great shootout player. I just don't know if he's in my top three on the team. Right, you know, and it's that's, like that's it. It's like you know. Every so often in shootout, you'll see Claude Julien throw in Paul Byron in the exactly. top three. It's kind of like, you know, like I, I bet Paul Byron is a good shootout player because he comes in very fast, but like, I don't know if he makes the top three. That's it. You want the people who have probably the, like the softest hands on the team. If I'm picking three, it'll be, yeah, Drun will get in there. Suzuki, I'd probably put Drun out first, basically to like test the goal. Drun, Suzuki, Toffoli. That's what I'd go with. Basically. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's what I was going after. Because yeah. I think Toffoli should be kind of your ace in the hole in terms of he's probably the purest scorer on the team. I do that, and then after but that... it's also like Tatar. Yeah, Tatar's no, amazing. Tatar too. Tatar would probably be my fourth, but the thing is, is I'd take those three, and then anything after that, I would basically go on who's having a good game. Yeah. That's basically it. So That's it. And Because if you look at who went for Ottawa... Kachuk, Stutzel, Norris. Those are the young guys. That's I think you put Petrie in. Yeah, Petrie's another one too. I'm saying like you just you got to go with the guys who like have been like like raised on the shootout. You know, if you think about guys on the team like you know Weber. I mean Tatar a little bit, no, but like Weber no, no, but this, no, no, yeah, <laughs> oh <my laughs> take a slap shot from the hash marks yeah. that might actually work. Yeah, but no, I just mean the the older guys. You know, they've played in a league that like was just very new to the shootout. And so, like, think about their junior careers. The shootout wasn't really part of it. Like, you, you think about guys like Kotkaniemi, who grew up literally, like, I mean, just think about, like, even us playing as kids, like, like shootouts at the end of practice, or, like, it's, like, not just, like, a fun thing. Like, you need to practice it, because yeah. it's a part of the game. Yeah, where it's, like, you're saying, like, Weber, like, would have never had it. Exactly, and I know Weber's a bad choice, because, like, you wouldn't see him he in the shootout anyway, anyway, but, like, yeah. you know, um, 
again, Corey Perry, I'm going to use this as an example. He's probably like good. He's a 50 goal scorer in the NHL. Like he's got soft hands probably, but the idea is like, this is a skill he had to acquire at the pro level. Yeah, no, it's like, I, obviously I have him in there. I just, I, like I said, I don't know if he's my top three. Exactly. But another thing, I'm not going to complain about this now, but like, I, can we just get rid of this shootout? No, I know. Like, I honestly, hate it. Like, I look, absolutely hate and it. Just from like a fan's perspective, okay? Like not from a Montreal Canadiens perspective, Look how much fun it was watching the three-on-three. Three. I know. That was an and, like, amazing overtime. That, that was the best part of the whole We were whole standing game. up. Yeah, we were standing up the whole time. It's like, the whole shootout's just like, what is that? It's boring. It's like, it's it's, it's essentially... Just make it continuous five-minute periods, and then, or just obviously just extend the period then, yeah. if you need be. Make it a 20-minute three-on-three, and then just like, you know... I don't think you'd ever out. get further than 10 minutes. No, because the, the fatigue sets in. Yeah, and, and then the it causes point. mistakes. And like, I mean, we've talked about before McDavid's suggestion there about taking players away every few minutes. There's yeah. You could do so much more with it that would be so much more fun than a shootout. Like, yeah. you know, even if it's like, I'm, I'm trying to think like, you know, top of my head, imagine you do three on three for five minutes and then uh, you, like each team gets a one minute three on two power play. If they see, yeah. like, just make it more interesting. Try other things, like, anything but a shootout. Yeah, and it's, it's just like, not... actually, like, like win by playing the game. By playing hockey, yeah. yeah. Because uh-huh. if you think about it, who would you probably put in a shootout? Weber or Mete? Yeah, no, exactly. That's exactly it. I and don't I, even I, want I, to say his name. I know, but, like, I'd probably put in Victor Mete in a shootout over Shea Weber. Does that mean Victor Mete's a better player? I'm going to clip that audio. <laughs> clip that audio there. But, but seriously, it's like, that's how like far from like the game a shootout is you'll see on our instagram tomorrow i will take victor mete over shea weber yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah like at least we're laughing you know yeah it's upsetting but you know point to point um we just have we have two very big games against like i I don't know why we can't play against the ottawa senators they're a team of garbage people (laughs) yeah that's 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 most of the time but recently we haven't been able to play anybody i know i just want to play a different edmonton calgary i think playing a team we haven't played yet is going to be nice too because we can kind of go in you know fresh it's going to be a obviously just a a very aggressive game just two very aggressive teams and you know winnipeg's huge yeah um so you know hopefully they kind of get us riled up like ottawa did in the second there and or at the end of the first and we play how we did in the uh, latter two minutes, yeah. latter two periods of the game. Let's and... hope it just carries forward. I mean, I feel bad because you know what I, I said. I wanted to make a point of saying this. Philip Deneau played well tonight. He had, he almost had you know two. Well, he had two assists. He almost had two assists and a goal. I I gotta say like, good on him for having that offensive prowess there to really like step up and bury that puck with you know whatever two seconds left. Even if it didn't count, it was. He was on. He jumped on it basically. Yeah, he had a good game. So good, good on him for showing it. If he can keep that pace, I'll shut my mouth about him. Yeah. But um, you know, just get past this one. This was very frustrating to watch. Yeah, but very frustrating. It was also but... very exciting to watch. So yeah, it was nice to see like at the actual Habs. Back yeah, yeah. Because uh... look, four goals again. This is what this is what they should be doing all year. Yeah. Exactly. But anyway. Yeah, we'll catch you guys on uh, the next Between the Whistles against Winnipeg. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time.